Welcome to Every Business Counts, the podcast which shows how money and numbers can support you to build a sustainable business. My name is Lynn Mann and I'm an accountant and a coach with over 20 years experience. In each episode, I will be exploring how money and your business numbers can help amplify the impact you want to make by focusing on purpose and profit. Because every business counts. Hello and welcome to another episode of Every Business Counts. My name is Lynn Mann and today we're going to be looking at the stories we tell ourselves in our head. So in episode one, we looked at the stories we want our business to tell. In episode two, it was about the stories that our business is actually telling. And now we're looking at the stories in our head that will impact our business. Now, to me, this trilogy of stories actually underpins our business. By being clear on each of the stories, we can really help move our business towards the purpose that we want it to achieve. So how do the stories that we're telling ourselves in our head impact us? Well, depending what those stories are, they can lead us to question what we're doing. They can question our decisions and make us feel that possibly we can't do this. On the other side, they can actually be hugely supportive and it's working out what those stories are, being clear on them and holding on to the stories that will support us and using those to drive us to achieve the story we want to tell. So how do our beliefs and experience influence us as individuals? Well, from before the age of seven, We actually look at the world purely through how it impacts us and what it means about us. Anything that happens, we interpret it as being about us. It doesn't matter if it's the result of somebody else, it's about us. And then our brain starts to look to reinforce any patterns that we're seeing and starts to create beliefs within our system. And often a lot of these stories that we're telling ourselves have an attachment with of fear, guilt and anger. And when we start to feel those, when we hear, experience something that reinforces it and feel those similar emotions, then it really does reinforce the story within our subconscious mind. And we can be totally unaware of what these stories are. And it's not until we start to question things and we start to look at patterns that we can see if something is actually coming up that relates to a story that's been around for a long time, which is no longer relevant in our lives. So how can can you change these? Well, you can. You recognise those stories. As I say, you look for the patterns and then you say, well, this is just a story. It isn't actually true. And then start to look for evidence that shows a new truth. When you're looking for uh, and find that evidence, then keep reinforcing that evidence and let go of the story you were holding before. Let go of the emotions that were attached to it. And then you can create a story that supports you. Now, I want to share an example that I heard recently of how powerful the mind can be. So when Buckminster Fuller was 32 he decided to try and find out what a penniless, unknown individual could do on behalf of humanity. Now, at the time, he was bankrupt. He'd just lost his first child. His wife had just given birth to another child and he was drinking heavily. But he was asking the question, what if? And he continued to focus on this for the next 56 years, looking at the possibility of what he could create. 
So during this time, he became an architect, an inventor. He wrote 28 books, got 44 honorary degrees, listed 25 US patents, and he changed the way humans see themselves. So this was somebody who, as a penniless, unknown individual, decided to focus his mind to look at what was possible and answer the questions, what if? So when we look at our lives through our purpose, when we connect to that purpose and look at how can we fulfill this purpose and come from that place of possibility, then we can really um, harness our mind and move it in the direction we want to go. So I'm going to look specifically at some areas that can impact us within our business. So the first area is how we view big business and profit. Then is about our interpretation, our relationship with money. And finally, is what we think about numbers. Now, each of these can influence our business in different ways. So if we look at um, big business and profit, there's lots of... um, emotions, connotations attached to this. One of the things I hadn't appreciated until somebody told me recently was that a lot of our literature is actually full of how business is bad. And so we're being exposed to this on an ongoing basis. When she told me this, I immediately thought of Scrooge, you know, hanging on to the profit at the expense of all his employees. Then we have the film um, Erin Brockovich, Again, showing how big business put profit before what was actually happening in the community and how their their, um, waste products were creating cancer. And there's lots of examples that happen. There's WorldCom, Enron, the BP, Deepwater Horizon, Bhopal. All of these have happened within my lifetime and there's been many more examples as well. So these kind of lead us to think that big business is bad. And there's a film I saw when I was um, probably in my early teens. I don't remember much about it, but I have two images attached to it. The first is where big business ruled the world. And what you saw was skyscrapers, concrete, and a very, very grey world. The next image I have is about this very abundant world where it's full of a lot of small businesses being very creative, working together and being self-sustaining. And so one image made me kind of very fearful and was very um, negative. The other was much more um, gentle and warm, for want of a better description. And again, it was that thing about emphasizing big business is bad. It's bad for the world as a whole. Now, this is changing, as we know. You know, we have the likes of Patagonia and Etsy um, who have based their businesses on serving a purpose. We have companies that previously were driven by profit, the likes of Unilever, who are moving towards creating a much more sustainable business model and other businesses are joining. But the reason I'm telling these stories is that if we believe that big business is bad, we're not going to create a big business. Why would we want to have a business we think is bad? And the same is the association with profit. If we think that profit involves taking away from other people, then again, we are not going to want to make profit. So understanding any stories that we're telling ourselves in relation to business and profit 
will help us to question actually are those true and how are they impacting us and our own business. So I want to move on to money. So growing up we all have many experiences, we hear many stories and sayings about money and these form our beliefs. What's interesting is we don't always think we have beliefs about money, which is something I discovered when I asked a group of people I was given a talk to, what did they believe about money? And they all looked at me blankly. Then I asked them, what stories did they hear growing up? And they gave me a flood of stories. So things like, can't afford that, can't waste anything, you have to work hard to earn money, money doesn't grow on trees, money doesn't make you happy. Money's the root of all evil. Money makes money. Health before wealth. Basically, the concept was that money was bad. But also, it was reinforcing that you either had to work hard for money or that money came from being rich. So money wasn't easy. And the thing is, these influence how we look at money and how we relate to money and what we do with money. I also did an experiment one time where I asked people what did certain words and what they associated with those words. And one of the ladies that did this told me that when I said the word rich, she immediately could think of filthy rich and smelt a disgusting smell. So again, if you think that rich is stinking rich, filthy rich, and you smell a disgusting smell, you're not going to want to be rich. So starting to be aware of these stories that you're telling yourself, the stories that are playing out in your life and looking to what's beneath them, again, you can change those stories and start to make a more healthy relationship with money. Because when it comes down to it, money is purely a tool. It's an exchange of value. So if I pay you £100 to buy a product, you've now got £100 you can spend on something else. And I've got a product, I've just bought something that is worth £100. There's no emotion attached to that. But for most of us, actually having money or not having money, there's a lot of emotion involved in it. And as a result, our relationship with money is unhealthy. Finally, I want to look at numbers. So if we look at the UK population, actually 50% of the UK population have numeracy skills that are lower than that expected of an 11-year-old. And often I'll hear, if I tell people what I do, what I hear back is, oh, I don't do numbers, I can't do numbers. And you can see the shutters coming down over their eyes. A lot of this is to do with the experiences people have in schools. These experiences that are often reinforced by parents So a child may suddenly find they're struggling with maths and if they hear a parent say, oh, I couldn't do maths either, then immediately they think that it's actually something they can't do that they can't learn. They're limiting their growth within that area. It may be that somebody has been good at maths up to a certain time and they have a teacher that can't explain it to them in a way that works for them. And then they switch off because they think, well, I can't do maths, I'm no good at maths anymore. However, when you approach it from a can-do attitude that anybody can learn maths, then you get a different result. And this is shown out in China, where actually they look at different ways to teach maths to different children. As a result, their numeracy skills are much higher. This isn't just because the Chinese are brilliant at maths. 
it's because of how they approach it. Now, one of the issues with looking with poor numerous skills and being scared of numbers, assuming you can't do numbers, is that actually in your business, you need to look at numbers. It's not just looking at your financials, it's looking at um, pricing, it's understanding costing. There's a lot of things that involve our numbers. And therefore, if you're coming from the place of, I can't do them, or if you feel nervous or fearful when you look at them, then that really impacts what you can do. It impacts how you see them. And when you start to look at the numbers, you're coming from that place of your mind's either already closed off or it's coming from a a place of anxiety. Whereas if you come from a place of um, curiosity, a place of what's possible, you'll see your numbers in a totally different light. You'll be looking at them from a place of what can I learn rather than a place of fear. The same applies if you have certain expectations from your numbers. If you're actually scared about what they're going to show and what they mean, because you're interpreting that back onto yourself. So really understanding that actually the numbers are purely numbers. They're there to help you can really change how you use numbers in your business. Now, going back to somebody saying, I can't do numbers. So one time I was running a challenge and I did a video on cash flow and gave them an easy spreadsheet to use. And a few weeks later, one of the ladies came back to me and said she was really proud of herself. She'd actually created a cash flow. She'd never done one before, but found it was really helping her in her business. So this was somebody who'd said, I don't do numbers, I can't do numbers, but was seeing how numbers could help her and her business. What it reinforces is that when we start to become competent at something, we start to gain that confidence. And when we gain that confidence, we take time to become more competent and we go into this confidence competence loop. So numbers are something that we can all learn, we can all start to understand and they will help us learn much more about our business. So what do I want you to take away from there here? Well, I've highlighted three different areas of where stories can really impact your business. And these are just coming from the the finance perspective. There's many more as well, such as visibility, which has been a struggle of my own. But within these areas, looking at big business, looking at profit, looking at money and numbers, being aware if there's any patterns that are showing up and looking underneath them to see what those stories are, that will really help you and help your business because you can change those stories. You can take the time to question, actually, is this true? To recognize it is just a story, to identify what is the story you want to be learning instead. And why do I want you to learn this? Because every business counts. Thanks for listening to this episode of Every Business Counts. If you've enjoyed this episode, why not head over to our Facebook group, Every Business Counts, and share what you've enjoyed and your highlights. I look forward to sharing more with you next week. Bye for now.